What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Forever News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. No matter how you Okay, people, welcome back to another episode. Just quickly to jump into it, in case you don't know, 65% of people watching this clip right now, what you're watching, aren't subscribed, and it definitely would help the show immensely if you would just click that subscribe button, hit that bell to get notifications so you're always notified when we drop an episode here. We've been dropping some bangers already here in 2022, so you definitely want to stay tuned and hit those buttons. And uh, yeah, if you want to also check out, we got a side channel that we just recently opened up, doing pretty successful already. For Never News, it'll be where we get the individual segments uploaded over there. In case you don't want to go through the episode and whatnot, you just want to see clips once in a while. Boom, I got you covered over there. Without further ado, people, let's start jumping into these stories because, yeah, it, it's a, a few different bangers in here as well. Let's start off with the weekly Shonen Magazine author comments. I want to say, are these the first one of 2022? These might be the first weekly Shonen Magazine author comments we've gotten of the year. But I guess let's kick it off with Atsushi. Okubo, creator of Fire Force, former creator, of course, of the legendary Soul Eater. They said, I wonder what'll happen to Nakaba Sensei when his mom has to get a smartphone because 3G will no longer be a thing. Uh, is he referring to Nakaba Suzuki? <laughs> Yo, that, that is kind of crazy how they do with technology, though. Like, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I'm one of those people, like, it took me a long time to upgrade, but I eventually did. I went from, actually, I had, what was this? The Samsung Galaxy. I think this is like the, the S9 or some shit there but eventually i was like okay you know let me let me let me hop back to apple because i left apple for a little bit then i got me the 12 and now we're already on the 13 going on the 14 so yeah technology but damn yeah that is a thing right that uh, 3g eventually will no longer be a thing well i guess we got to stay tuned if nakaba sensei will uh give us some updates yo hatsushi okubo starting off the year on some wild shit okay uh then moving forward we got negi haruba author of we're still gonna call it ranger reject fam i'm sorry uh i don't I don't know if this comment will be published in the magazine on time but i'll say it just in case happy new year well happy new year to you too i'm really excited to get into the series i keep on saying that i know i know people i've been saying it for a little minute but i really do want to get into it because just the concept of it itself of like almost a parody in a way of, of sentai and power rangers and stuff like that it could be something good i mean i'm not the biggest fan like you know power rangers i, w I was a massive fan when i was a child but maybe this could be something dope because it sounds like it's taking the genre and going in a different direction so we'll see but yo shout outs to Negi Haruba and happy new years to that man as well then we got of course Hiromashima creator of Eden Zero Fairytale 100's Quest Fairytale Raidmaster big 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 shot uh, he said happy new year I'm going to work hard this year too fam we know <laughs> we know you are going to be hustling your butt off and I'm all here for it, fam. I'm going to work my ass off as well this year. 2022, this is going to be the year, fam. This is going to be the year. We're going to reach those goals, baby. Shout out to Hiro Mashima. Always an inspiration. Let's do it. Happy New Year to you as well, Mashima. Then we got Ken Wakui, author of Tokyo Revengers, one of the big 
biggest, probably the biggest smash success of last year in terms of just, it came out of nowhere. Like, it's been around for a long minute. Well, not a long, but like, what, 2017, I think the, the manga started publication? 2017, and then it gets an anime season, and it goes from like, oh, yo, that, that Tokyo Revenge thing is kind of cool to, oh, shoot, Tokyo Revenge is everywhere. You can't escape. And, and it's rightfully deserved, man. Tokyo Revenge is kind of crazy that I had to think in retrospect, like, yo, it topped my manga and anime list for 2021. Like, that was nuts. That was nuts, honestly. Shout out to Tokyo Avengers. Shout out to Ken Wakui. Happy New Year to you. Uh, and he said, Happy New Year. Oh, yeah, I didn't even read his comment. Hello. He said, Happy New Year. Again, Happy New Year to you too. This year, I plan to whip my body into shape and exercise a ton. Likewise. Likewise, man. I started it last year. A few things happened towards the end of the year that kind of messed me all up. But I am one of those people when it comes to this shit. I am going to get back on the horse. Even if I fall off a week or two, I'll get right back in that bitch and, and we're going to keep on going. That's how we do it. It, it. No matter how you move, get it done, baby. So likewise, same here. We got the, the goals in order. We're going to knock this shit out. Ken Wakui, shout outs to you, my friend. Then we got um, author of Blue Lock. Oh, no, we got the editor of Blue Lock. Okay, Tia. Tia? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Those hoping to accompany me on the first shrine visit of the year should hit me up on magazine underscore Taya. Yo, I want to go. I want to go. Take me to the shrine. Let's go. Come on. I'm ready. Uh, with, with my bags. Hold no. <laughs> uh, I wonder why the author isn't. Maybe the author swamp will work or maybe he just didn't make it in time. Or maybe he didn't give a fuck. I don't know. <laughs> uh, then we got Nakama Suzuki, author of Four Nights of the Apocalypse. Of course, author of Seven Deadly Sins. The Cold of Winter has kindled my love of Motsunabe which is a hot pot made with awful veggies and miso. Okay, yeah, dope stuff there. And then finally, George Morikawa. Here's to another great year, everyone, from Hajime no Ippo. Yeah, let's make it a great year. I Honestly, I really want to, with all my heart, be able to say by the end of 2022, best year forever. That's what I want to be able to say. Like, hopefully, God willing, everything goes good. And accordingly, I want to make it to the end of this year and say, like, yo, this was the best year of my life. Life-changing year. Let's make it happen, baby. Shout outs to all these authors in Weekly Shonen Magazine. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Let's get it done. Next up, this actually caught me by surprise. And I was really excited to hear it. Because in case you don't know, this is a series that was called Blood Lad. And it was kind of like, imagine a vampire otaku, massive anime and manga fan that is going through like a almost a shonen journey, but it's a seinen series. And throughout it, like he's referencing so many of the things that you love. Like this was before a lot of series that are doing that now. Like he was doing this a little bit ago and uh it, it was freaking awesome i love blood lad well it says here blood lad creator yuki kodama will start a new tokyo set battle fantasy manga titled shokan suru sekai and the upcoming besatsu shonen Ma oh wow so was was blood lad in besatsu i can't remember if blood lad was in Be besatsu shonen magazine in case you don't know that's the magazine that had attack on titan in it but in the upcoming besatsu shonen magazine issue 3 2022 out february 9th 2022 and it looks like like, kind of looks like the main character of Bloodline. What was it? Was it Spaz? Or I want to say, or it was Spaz's brother. Shit, I can't really remember. But either way, kind of looks a little bit like him. He's doing the Illuminati eye. Okay. <laughs> hey, here we go. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited for this. I really, really enjoyed Bloodline. I was so upset when I was like, no, there's no more Bloodline. And it was only like, I want to say 11 episodes. And there was like an OVA or something like that. But it was just like, there was so much potential. I think I still even have like the first three or four manga volumes over here in the West. I was like, these big collected really thick volumes and whatnot and i loved blood Ladin. again it looks like besatsu shonen magazine their 
they're trying their damnedest to not go down now that Attack on Titan ended. Like, for starters, they brought, even though the anime is like, I don't even know what the hell they did with it. It's abysmal. But they brought Orient, the creator of Magi, her series. They took her from Weekly Shonen Magazine and put her in Besatsu. And now they got Yuki Kodama, author Bloodlad, coming with a new title to uh, Besatsu as well. This is probably going to be something dope to check out. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. But yeah, it's a new Battle Fantasy series. And I'm excited. I'm pumped. And the character design looks kind of cool as well. We gotta wait and see though. But yeah, Besatsu, they're trying to continue and maintain because of course losing Attack on Titan, like that's the biggest juggernaut. Like it started with Besatsu. You know, Besatsu and, and Attack on Titan started together as a magazine and as a series. So losing that, you're gonna go downhill and they trying to like soften the blow. Like, yo, we, we got Shinobu Taka with Orient. Oh, we, we got Yuki Kodama coming through with, you know, the author of Bloodlight. Come on. I, I respect it. So yeah, people, author of Bloodlad uh, returning with a new one. Next up, very, very big story. Very, very big story because this is once again showcasing that it almost feels like I would throw the argument right now. It feels like the anime industry, for the most part, have been cashing out. It feels like the anime industry knows that this is a massive peak. Anime is at the most popular it's ever been. Who knows if they see something because obviously they have all sorts of specialists and analysts to see where the market is. Who knows if they know that this is the peak and it's going to be going downhill at some given point because every anime distributor have been cashing out. Like Funimation sold off to Sony. Crunchyroll sold off. Like all of these companies have been selling off one after another. Netflix has jumped in the fray and they become massive. Like Compared to five years ago where they just had like what the Sinbad series and a couple other anime like they are massive now in the anime space. They just got the exclusive rights last year to all of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure anime and stuff like that. Like the anime industry has changed but a lot of these companies are selling off and cashing out and getting out of here. And we got another one. Another one which is very very interesting to hear. Um, Sentai Filmworks and they also had their high dive streaming service. That streaming service never really took off to be honest with you. Like I never really got into that streaming service in particular but sentai one of the things that was really cool about them was they always got those titles that they might have been a cool title but the big leagues wasn't really going to invest in and picking them up like it was like they would be like oh you know let's get mysterious girlfriend x and like everybody heard of it but a lot of the other bigger companies like funimation and viz and all them they're like no we'll pass on that but sentai will come and grab it and even if it'll be a subtitle only release they would bring it over here so this is going to be interesting to see the future of anime as a whole moving forward now that they've been bought let's read the article and who bought them it says amc networks buys anime streamer and distributor sentai amc networks the company behind the walking dead home amc along with other networks and niche streaming services has acquired houston-based anime distributor and streamer sentai holdings the company led by interim ceo matt blank unveiled the news after the market closed on wednesday but didn't disclose financial terms the deal includes the holdings in sentai of Cool Japan Fund, a Japanese public private investment fund. Sentai is a global supplier of anime content and merchandise. Its brands include the anime-focused high-dive subscription streaming service. Sentai's brands also include e-commerce platform Sentai Filmworks, Cable SVOD Service Anime Network, and Sentai Studios, which provides localization and studio services. With strong industry relationships and access to key content in Japan, Sentai distributes and curates one of the anime industry's most diverse libraries of top-trending and classic titles with its content 
available on Crunchyroll, Hulu, and Amazon Prime, among others. AMC Network stated, Sentai's High Dive streaming service represents a strong new addition to AMC Network's portfolio of fast-growing targeted offerings. And yeah, they have some very big, t- like they have a Kamiga Kill, if I'm not mistaken, they have a Parasite the Maxim, very, very amazing stuff. They like, they got some pretty big titles um, as well. AMC Networks has said it was targeting to end 2021 with more than 9 million streaming subscribers and reached 20 million to 25 million streaming subs by 2025. Management has said that over that time frame, streaming would also become the company's largest revenue segment. AMC Networks targeted boutique streaming services include horror-centric Shudder, art house-focused Sundance Now, movie service IFC Films Unlimited, and AMC's Plus. It's best of streaming bundle with content from AMC, Shudder, Sundance Now, and IFC Films Unlimited. The company has also previously acquired streamers from Mogul Robert Johnson's RLJ Entertainment, namely Acorn TV, which focuses on British and international mysteries and dramas and black series and film destination all BLK, formerly known as UMC. Japanese anime is a rapidly growing entertainment category with a highly engaged global fan base propelled by its unique aesthetics and evangelical fans, convention culture, and increased online accessibilities, AMC Networks noted. With a seasoned team, strong content, and direct-to-consumer offerings for fans around the world, Sentai is a key global player in anime, said Blank. This acquisition builds on AMC Networks' already strong intellectual property and franchises and furthers our targeted streaming strategy of super serving passionate audiences with content depth curation and community sentai founder john ledford along with executives griffin vance and paul Klinkscales, will continue on in senior roles so they'll just be there like hey they they, they were here <laughs> uh, said ledford we are thrilled by mc network's acquisition and are excited to be a part of their growth strategy this acquisition will not change sentai's mission to deliver the most exciting anime content to audiences around the world it will change in different ways but okay it will expand it greatly and will give our content business more distribution more partnerships more scale and more reach amc networks is in a great position with several notable strategic advantages including its smaller size that allows it to benefit from the beauty of small numbers stop that's just fluff at that point blank had said in november it was the former showtime network chief's first public appearance since he took on the job at amc networks to succeed longtime ceo josh sapin who decided to move to the role of vice chair after a 26 year run and here's a full list of networks that they own amc they own amc ifc we tv sundance tv and bbc america wow man i ain't gonna lie it's kind of shocking to be honest with you it's not shocking in a way of hey you know everybody is just cashing out but it's just shocking in general as I've been behind Sentai for quite some time, man. They, they brought in some great titles over here. Every time there was a title that I was like, oh, damn, you know, is anybody going to pick it up? Boom, Sentai would be the one. Again, their high dive streaming service, unfortunately, never really went anywhere. And I think a lot of that is due to they just still didn't have those big, you know, key titles that is going to grab people in. Like Funimation had Dragon Ball and One Piece. So it's always going to drag people in. Uh, Viz never had their own home, like, streaming service. They always kind of just threw shit up with Hulu or whoever else. Uh, Crunchyroll, they, you know, they, they 
became a conglomerate or whatnot. But yeah, High Dive, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know, man. I feel like this is one thing that is going to lead to something bigger down the road. And I'm not trying to say, hey, that they're going to go under with AMC or whatever. But from what I know, and forgive my ignorance if I if I haven't been up to date and what's been going on. But from what I remember hearing, AMC wasn't doing the greatest. And maybe this could be a ploy, a play into like, okay, anime is really big right now. We just bought this company that has all these anime titles. This will help benefit. Also, I wonder if they're going to start playing anime on TV in terms of like, hey, AMC, imagine like you just pop on AMC. You could watch A Comic Got Kill or Par Parasite the Maxim will be a great title to put on AMC TV. We got to see. But either way, another one bought in by a very odd, honestly, I just didn't expect it for them. Also, I'm curious what's going to happen because I remember there was like a lot of under the table beef that was had between like Sentai Filmworks and Funimation, for example. Like there was a big acquisition because prior to Sentai Filmworks, Sentai Filmworks is basically remnants from a bigger company. Like there was a massive big thing where a bigger company dissolved and created a bunch of smaller companies. And then like Funimation, because they had a dealing with the bigger company, they accused Sentai. So I wonder whatever happened with that, if that's going to have any bearings on any of this. I imagine since Funimation already sold off and everything to Sony, they probably don't even give a shit anymore. But yeah, another one. Anime, as it continues to get more mainstream, the corporations and businesses are jumping in. And this could be a good thing or a bad thing. I guess time will tell on this. I just hope that this doesn't stop a lot of titles that Sentai would normally get from coming over here. Because now, obviously, this big corporation got to be the one to finance all of these anime acquisitions and whatnot. But maybe it could be a good thing. Maybe this big company, now that they got a bigger wallet, they could be like, oh, we want that. We want that. And maybe big anime titles could premiere on some of these big uh, cable TV networks which always help even though like cable isn't what it was and it's going downhill and we got a big story to talk about later in the episode about that it still does help like when an anime hits tsunami on adult swim for example that's when hot topic will have shirts that's when fye will have merch from that anime so yeah cable tv still is big business especially for people that are resistant to the internet but yeah people sentai filmworks high dive sold off to amc networks next off shout outs to i believe this user's name is yellowstone i'm not sure if this this is their graph forgive me if it's not but i seen this graph of hunter hunter's manga volume sales evolution and i want to say this is from volume 26 to 36 so this is a the last 10 volumes and obviously hunter hunter does not you know <laughs> update with new volumes because it's always on hiatus but it was definitely interesting to see what type of impact the anime had on hunter hunter's success because we see with volume 26 it was doing like a steady trend for the most part between 26 and 28 of about 750 thousand copies of volume then 29 it jumped up to 875 and then right after 29 in between 29 or at the tail end of 29 coming out and it's run and 30 uh the 2011 anime started and based on this graph it didn't really impact it immediately like you see volume 30 it like was a dip actually but then all of a sudden volume 31 boom it's going up and it's bigger than ever volume 32 boom it's going up and bigger than ever and then around 33 and 34 like 33 is where the 2011 anime ended and it was doing over a million and then 34 was doing even bigger than it's kind of crazy like if Tagashi would have kept going my god but then you see a dip and obviously there's a million breaks in between all of this uh for volume 35 it, it drops down from over a million to less than 875,000 and then volume 36 it dropped a little bit more under what 35 had did still very big sales and whatnot but this could also be a reason why uh Tagashi doesn't return because at the end of the day you have your last big like i highly doubt any other studio anytime within the next 20 years is going to do another hunter hunter remake right that like that's just pretty much out of the question like 
Tagashi had his big hoorahs. He had a 2011 anime that was 148 episodes, two films. Prior to that, back in the 90s, he had a whole bunch of episodes and, and anime, OVA, all sorts of stuff for Hunter Hunter. Like, I don't think anymore anybody's going to give him the time of day to, like, reboot. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, hey, I'm wrong. But I, I just don't see it. Especially the 2011 anime only ended eight years ago. So unless they do a big reboot, it, it's not happening no time soon. And you see that the sales started to dip. And probably Tagashi was like, I know a strategy. I'll make them wait some more. They'll wait a whole long time. That'll get them excited to buy the next volume. I guess we got to wait and see what when volume 37, because if I'm not mistaken, I want to say 36 is the last one released. We got to wait to see what 37 does and see if it continues to decline or if Tagashi comes swinging. Like there was some chapters in between the end of the anime and where we're at right now that were monumental. Very, very huge. A lot of chapters at that. Like there was some setup and a lot of setup where it's the manga at right now. Now, but there was some huge, big, game-changing chapters for Hunter Hunter, which probably helped to propel those sales a lot. Not just the anime and, you know, the impact of that and everybody jumping to the manga. But, yeah, I'd imagine a lot of people were hype off of that. And uh, it'll always be a shame. I don't know, man. I wish Tagashi would just say something at this point. Like, hey, I don't want to write it no more. Hey, I'm too sick to do this anymore. You know, wh whatever. Even if you don't want to pass the pen to somebody else to write it or something, just say something, dog. Say something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Give, give the streets a little bit to understand and comprehend what is going on. Yeah, people, a little interesting, introspective look at the sales of Hunter Hunter from volume 26 through 36 from the beginning of the anime's run to the end of the anime. Also, that's very very horrible that in between a 148 episode run Tagashi only managed to release what three volumes classic Tagashi though but uh, hopefully he's all right god bless him and his family and uh yeah hunter hunter this is where we're at with it okay next up some pretty interesting news for tokyo revengers with the latest volume volume 25 ken wakui has a first print run of 1 million copies in japan that means it was so freaking highly anticipated and people were just like you know clamoring at the stores when's the next volume coming out that they printed out 1 million copies straight away to ship to stores that is a very very big deal of 1 million books for i always got to say this because kodansha the publishing company they're not as big as Shueisha. Tokyo Revengers is a title that is like in the same league as think of like Attack on Titan, Fairy Tale, The Seven Deadly Sins. Like it's in that branch which don't get me wrong those titles are successful but they don't have as many successful titles as you go to Shueisha, Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, Dragon Ball Z like you, you, you go through it you know they, they have a lot of big titles so to see something like this is like they may not have the most like you know amount of successful series but they got a big one right here to print out a million straight away yeah Ken Wakui he, he's doing big things and I hope he's eating very well because that's really awesome to see also that cover and it's been successful and we'll take a look in a second top selling manga volumes of the week but yeah 1 million print run immediately crazy next up we got some very unfortunate news for a manga that was hitting in case you missed it i highly recommend go watch it i had a whole bunch of youtubers with me and we did a really awesome event to break down the best manga of 2021 and in it kaiju number eight was very high on the list i can't remember exactly where it was but i know it was like top five top three it was really up there uh but according to this it says kaiju number eight by naoya matsumoto will be on break for a month it will resume on february 4th 2022 
on the Shonen Jump Plus web service. So it's going on on a month break, which at this point, I almost feel like it should become a monthly serialization. And I hate to say that. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, no, FNAF, don't say that. But at this point, from how it started to where we're at right now, I almost feel like that's the best schedule for this author and, and the people that are creating this series. Because I'll never forget, Kaiju number 8 started off as a weekly series. And then I want to say it was like maybe five chapters in or, or eight chapters in. I, I forget exactly how, how many in. But then all of a sudden, the author was like, well, I don't got no more backlog. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, we're going to have to switch this up. And it went from a weekly series to, I think it missed like one week throughout the month. It was like, okay, you'll have three chapters a month, essentially. Then it was like, I don't know what happened here. Again, I'd imagine that the author just couldn't keep up with the rigorous schedule. It went from that to, oh, it's a bi-weekly series now. It's like, you know, you'll get one on the first and one on the 15th, something like that. And then now, you know, we're getting a month break. It should just become a monthly thing. I didn't realize just become a monthly series, maybe increase the page count slightly so that it reflects that it's a monthly manga. But this thing is really successful. Like Kaiju number eight, I keep on telling people it is the spiritual successor to Attack on Titan in many ways. And it is just a, a monster in and of no pun intended, a monster in and of itself of success. So yeah, if it's taking a month break, I'm not sure. It doesn't say here why. I'm not sure if it's due to health issues, if it's due to scheduling, not being able to meet the deadline. But whatever it is, I just feel like it should be a, a monthly serialization at this point. There's too many times where the author has just continued to change the schedule. And I'm sure probably the powers that be don't like that as well. Like that's one of the reasons why I think like Chojin X, probably Sui Ishida might not have the best communication or relationship with the higher ups because they want their things scheduled out properly they want like okay the, the fans can you know depend every week I'm getting a chapter of this or every other week they don't want to keep on switching things up and then now a month break I'm sure he gets a lot of leeway because Kaiju number 8 is a massive success already without an anime but still yeah I hope everything's alright my personal thing is like Take a month. You need two to relax and, and get it together. Whatever it may be. Kaiju number eight was so freaking amazing in 2021. By all means, do do what you need to do. But yeah, people, for fans of Kaiju number eight, unfortunately, it'll be a bit of a wait until we get that next chapter. I think I'm like a chapter behind, so I might probably just read that today like why not then just wait the month or maybe i'll wait the month and read it. i don't know i really like it though either way shout out to kaiju number eight hopefully the author and everybody is okay and uh yeah next chapter coming in a month okay people next up the weekly shonen sunday author comments we never really have that many authors to cover that i'm familiar with but we got a few always and the question of this one because in case you don't know with the weekly shonen sunday author comments the editorial staff will ask a question and then the authors will give their answer uh what they they asked, and this one is, what do you consider the main dish in New Year's cuisine? The original question refers to osechi, which is a meal cooked specifically to welcome in the new year. But basically, what's the main dish in their New Year's cuisine? And I guess let's start off with Tomohito Oda, the author of Komi Can't Communicate. And they said, I like black soybeans. Who, who's, why, why would that, maybe in that dish in particular, that's where it goes. But like, who thinks of like, yeah, man, yo, some black soybeans would be busting right now, like, <laughs> I don't know. That, that doesn't sound uh, all that appetizing to me, to be honest with you. But 
Alrighty then. Then we got, let's see, we got Rumiko Takahashi, author of Mao. She said, shrimp. Shrimp is good. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'll rock with some shrimp. Why not? And I don't think we have Detective Conan in this one. It might be on break or something like that because I don't see uh, Gosho Aoyama in here. So none of that. And yeah, people very short-lived with these author comments because, again, I don't want to really cover authors that I'm not familiar with their series. There might be some jokes or just in general nuance that I wouldn't understand. But yeah, those are <laughs> two authors that I'm familiar with uh, from the Weekly Shonen Sunday. I really got to change that. By the end of this year, I need to be more familiar with some of the other public publications outside of Shueisha related titles but shout out to all the authors in Weekly Shonen Sunday and I hope they had a happy new year as well. Next up I found this to be quite entertaining and interesting of a comment. We got a comment from the creator of Attack on Titan Hajime Isayama and according to him he said his 2022 new year's resolution is to quote unquote to not work. So he don't want to work in 2022, which could mean that essentially, aside from little dibble dabbles for like Attack on Titan promo, because obviously, uh, as a matter of fact, as of the recording of this video, probably by the time you're seeing this, it'll have been out. Uh, the final season of Attack on Titan is beginning from MAPPA Studios. So aside from probably some like extra promo drawings and stuff like that to promote it and whatnot, he don't really got nothing to do anyway. Like he has one of the most successful manga of all time, especially for Kodansha. It might be the most successful or top five most successful, but probably, I, I don't know, what, what's bigger than Attack on Titan for Kodansha? Either way, he has made a lot of money, and I'm sure aside from little things on the side here or there, he don't got to do anything. Anyways, probably there's a part of a lot of people looking like, we know you're going to do that spinoff, dog. So so what are you trying to tell us? Like, 2022, you're not going to do the spinoff? Like, when are you going to do the spinoff? I, I guess I want to ask this question right now, right? Since we're here. If indeed we get a spin-off sequel of attack on titan by the creator hajime isayama are you down for it for manga readers and no spoilers i'm not saying nothing don't worry but are you down for it as a manga reader for a continuation of attack on titan by hajime isayama whether it be long-lived a short-lived like extra little thing would you be down for it or do you want isayama to do something totally new or you just don't want no more attack on titan after the end of the manga which i ain't gonna lie the anime starting up is such a bittersweet feel like I'm really like on, on two different spectrums with it on one side is like it's Attack on Titan damn it I love these characters I love this story but then that manga ending so I don't know I'm, I'm excited but at the same time I'm a little leery of like uh, maybe the anime can pull it off I don't freaking know but yeah Isayama doesn't want to work in 2022 welcome to the club fam I would love to just lay down relax put on some VR yo that VR shit is kind of dope that's probably what Isayama's gonna do he's gonna be just laying down looking at some hentai <laughs> Shoutouts to Hajime Isayama, that one caught me off guard, especially from, like, you know, in Japanese culture to say, hey, my New Year's resolution is, I ain't working, is a little wild, he's, he, he's a wild boy, but he's still young, man, he popped off very early in his career, and Attack on Titan became, again, the juggernaut that it is, shoutouts to Isayama, gonna be interesting to see if, maybe he don't come with that spinoff sequel in 2022, but Besatsu is probably breathing down in his neck, please, we'll do a 50-50 partnership, please, draw more, please, <laughs> Isayama, yeah. Next up, a few people had hit me up about this and I was kind of shocked to hear because according to this, it says there's a petition to bring back the Cowboy Bebop live action and it has reached 100,000 signatures. In case you don't know, there was a Cowboy Bebop live action series based off of the original anime that was released on Netflix about 
couple months ago now at this particular point. And um, it was met with a lot of hatred. A lot of people just didn't like it. Personally, I felt like it was definitely a lot of love behind a lot of the creation of it. Didn't really care for the ending. It felt like a real stinker towards the end, the final episode. But ultimately, I had a pretty good time. And I felt like this is somewhat of a decent start for anime adaptations to live action. Like, it wasn't perfect. It definitely felt like it could have been better in a lot of areas. But ultimately, like, you got to start somewhere, right? So I personally was kind of like, I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoyed the chemistry of the cast, the main three, you know, Spike and Jet and uh, Faye Valentine. Like, I really enjoyed their camaraderie. And it, it was a fun script, I felt like, what, what they delivered and whatnot. But um, a lot of people hated it. And they announced that, no, we're not doing a season two. And some of the actors were real bummed about it however seemingly about a hundred thousand people at the very least were like oh nah fam we want more we want more of this cowboy bebop live action i personally don't think that's going to be enough to change anything i think maybe if it was 50 million it would have changed something but a hundred thousand signatures i don't see that changing much i mean if i'm wrong by all means please <laughs> continue and and do what you do but i just don't feel like a hundred thousand signatures because of the amount of backlash like i've seen a lot of people saying like yo i'm, I'm so hyped yes they're not making no more of it like that's how much people really freaking hated this cowboy bebop live action and like i said it's a shame because a lot of people they hated it strictly off the principle of it being a live action adaptation not for any of its merits or flaws or anything just like they don't want it to exist because they don't want uh, live action adaptations to exist so i mean i guess we gotta wait and see but i highly doubt anything is gonna come from this if i'm wrong cool whatever i think it's probably a nail in the coffin for this one because there was just too much backlash and i'm imagining they probably put a shit ton of money to put this thing together because it did look like a lot of areas was like oh they, they put some budget in that one and of course they get john cho on board and all that like they probably spent a pretty penny to put this together and it didn't do what they expected and the backlash was too strong but we gotta wait and see either way shout outs to the crew that put that together i still will say that a lot of that show was created with a lot of love and care there was some you know one-to-one -one recreations from the actual anime which was really dope and uh jet black was freaking awesome like shout outs to mustafa shakira i always will say dude did a freaking bang up job best thing about that okay people next up we got the top 50 best-selling manga volumes of the week courtesy of jose underscore k over on twitter shout outs to him uh so we got for starters let's take a look at volume 50 through 41 okay we got some tokyo revengers again it, it seems like i don't know did something recently well i guess maybe the big controversy and then the announcement of the christmas anime arc that they were already working on for the anime so that's probably why like all of a sudden tokyo revengers is shooting back up on the charts but volume 22 with 16,000 this week bringing his total to 1.1 mil 1.19 mil uh then we got at 48 Chojin X Volume 2 bringing in 17,978 copies this week bringing his total 83,000 in 17 days that's not bad at all I'm not even gonna lie like yeah this is about the numbers for the most part what it should be doing considering the fact that it doesn't have of course an anime it's very early on and a lot of these sales majority of these sales are due to the fact that it is Sui Shida creator of Tokyo Ghoul if this was just a regular mangaka that nobody knows about it would probably be doing a fifth of these sales at the very least but yeah it's doing for the most part what it should be doing and again it doesn't have a big buzz like a lot of people aren't talking about it there's not that much love or passion behind it right now so that, that that's fine I, I feel like it's meeting its expectations for the most part now depending on where the series goes is whether or not it's going to be a failure in my opinion like if this year of chapters is a failure and doesn't generate any buzz then the next volume volume three the sales is going to dive dramatically but we got to wait and see uh then 47 another volume tokyo avengers with 18,600 
26. Uh, then 46, Fire Force Volume 32 with 18,000, bringing his total to 114,000. 45, Goblin Slayer Side Story Year 1, Volume 8. Isn't Goblin Slayer like... Yeah, and I actually have picked up Goblin Slayer. I want to say it was like on sale at Best Buy or something. But yeah, Goblin Slayer. <laughs> Crazy series there, huh? Then we got a 43, Diamond No Ace Act 2, 19,000. Then Chojin X Volume 1 at 42 with 19,000, bringing his total 93,000. Like, yeah, that's that's not bad at all. When it's all said and done here, probably each volume do about 100k a piece. Obviously, that's no Tokyo Ghoul, but it's a newer series. It's all riding off of his old work, essentially, and people knowing who he is is i ain't gonna lie those covers especially that volume one cover fire this man could draw his freaking heart out i mean i guess by the end of the year we will know what chojin x is looking like like if again volume three it'll be a big determining factor i'd say of uh the success of this series then places 40 through 31 at 40 world trigger volume 24 with 20,466 bringing its total to 388,000. continuing on people really love like you know that that fandom really supports world trigger shout outs to that fandom uh one punch man volume 24 with 22,000 bringing his total to 337,000 number 37 Tokyo Avengers volume 24 with 23,000 wow one punch man volume 24 and Tokyo Avengers volume 24 hey and similar sales interesting uh 36 Asadora volume 6 23 uh we got blue lock in there golden Conway volume 28 with 25,000 bringing his total to 200,000 that's kind of crazy man I didn't expect golden Conway to last as long as it did like I found out about the series back when the first anime season aired what was it 2018 and I got into it then it was a pretty cool series and it's still going spy x family volume 8 uh, bringing in another 25,000, bringing his total 800,000. Oh my god, when that season drops, man, and it's going to be two cores. When that season drops, I'm expecting Spy X Family is going to have a massive takeover and it's going to be hyped to see. Then we got places 30 through 21. We got, okay, the regular Goblin Sayer volume 12 with 29,000 at 28. Then there's just Jujutsu Kaisen everywhere so Jujutsu Kaisen Zero the movie is pushing the volumes a lot of people got into the series based off that film clearly because we got uh, at 27 volume 6 with 29,000 at 26 volume 5 with 29,000 yeah so about 30,000 people ran out immediately and bought volume 7 volume 4 volume 3 then we got Kaguya Sama Lovers War volume 24 with 30,000 and then Jujutsu Kaisen volume 2 with 31,000 so yeah this week 30,000 people went nuts and just ran and bought Jujutsu Kaisen's back uh, catalog oh my god then literally every place from 20 to 11 is Jujutsu Kaisen volume 1 with 32,000 the latest volume the special edition of the latest volume 33,000 oh my god and look at those covers dog shout out to Gaga Akutami such an amazing manga such an amazing artist author all of the above look at, look at that it's just beautiful to see I ain't gonna lie behold absolute greatness places 20 through 11 then we got top 10 top 10 we got number 10 chi chikyu no undo ni suitse uh yeah probably butchered that uh with 36,000 why does that does that look like frankenstein there it looks like levi and frankenstein <laughs> uh then number nine kaiju number eight volume five another 40,000 this week bringing his total to 625 then jujutsu kaisen volume 16 with 43,000 bringing his total to 2.1 milli uh one piece 101 46,000 this week bringing his total to 1.5 and that's what it's been about a month that, that's dope in a month uh berserk volume 41 that's dope to see berserk still there after 10 days with another 51,000 bringing his total to 136 or wait 138 then we got shumatsu no valkyrie aka record of ragnarok volume 13 
58,000. Yo, Record of Ragnarok, man. It's a shame that the anime didn't get the love and praise. And then, kind of crazy, and you know this is due to the film, of course, but it's dope to see Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the volume, coming back on the charts. And this was released many, many moons ago uh, with 60,000 copies sold, bringing his total to 2.6 mil for Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. I wouldn't be surprised if Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, because they classify that as like a different title altogether because it originally wasn't even called Jujutsu Kaisen. That'll probably be in the top selling manga of the year when it's all said and done because that film. Uh, then Volume 17 with another 85,000 bringing his total of 1.8. My god, man. Then Tokyo Revengers is just in there cutting in there like, hold on a second. Ken Wakui has something to say. Uh, volume 25 bringing in another 91,000 this week. It's total 812,000 in 17 days. My god. And then number one Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 18 with 498,000 this week. Oh my god, 1.1. Woo! Yo, this week definitely the Jujutsu Kaisen takeover. Clear as day. Very, very awesome stuff. I ain't gonna lie. Like, holy shit, that film doing the doing the work. So clearly at the end of the year of 2022, Jujutsu Kaisen is going to be one of the top selling manga of the year because just taking a look at that list alone. It did numbers, and it's crazy to see that, yeah, that film, it's helping out. It's, it's doing what it's supposed to. But yeah, people, those were the top 50 best-selling manga volumes of the week. Again, shout-outs to Jose underscore K for always providing awesome info like that. Uh, yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen is winning big. And Tokyo Avengers as well. Just want to throw that in there as well. And quickly, since we're on the topic of sales, we got the top 10 selling manga series of the week. So this is a collective, not just the volumes. Uh, number 10, Kaiju number 8. We got Haikyuu still there. It's crazy. Haikyuu has had a long run, man. Uh, Spy X Family at number 8. Blue Lock. One Piece, 94,000. Record of Ragnarok, 95,000. It's it's crazy how, like, up to number 4, everything is just, like, right around in the ballpark. You know, My Hero at number 4, 97,000. Then you jump up. Demon Slayer hasn't released the volume in, like, two freaking years. 160,000. Cool. Then you jump up even further. More than double that. Tokyo Avengers at number 2 with 465,000 this week. And then you jump up more than double that with number 1, Jujutsu Kaisen. That movie doing clear gangbusters for it. Doing 1.1 mil. Shout out to all these series. Craziness. Okay, people. Next up. Now, we talked about this earlier in the episode regarding traditional cable television kind of falling off. This one, I didn't expect to see it in this fashion. And it also makes me wonder stories that we heard earlier in 2021 regarding certain people leaving the network and whatnot and going off to do different things. This could probably be why. And we could possibly be seeing the end of a major conglomerate giant here because Adult Swim and Cartoon Network viewership has fallen over 25% in 2021. And I want to say a lot of that is probably due to one big major factor. If I'm not mistaken, I don't remember when it was, but they lost the rights to Family Guy somewhere. Was it in 2021? It was somewhere there that they lost the complete rights to Family Guy. And then recently they announced that they got the rights to like put Futurama back on which it's been many years since they've had Futurama but I think losing Family Guy is one of the major reasons why this happened but let's read this article courtesy of Anime News Network shout outs to them. Uh, Entertainment News website Variety published a list on December 30 ranking television networks on the basis of their viewership in 2021 Adult Swim's viewership dropped 25% to 386,000 while Cartoon Network's viewership dropped 26% to 201,000. Adult Swim 
ranked at number 41 on the list while Cartoon Network ranked at 72. Disney XD's viewership additionally fell 13% to 83,000. The top three networks were CBS with 5,574,000, NBC with 5,484,000, ABC with 4,077,000 viewers. Cartoon Brew additionally reported that Adult Swim's viewership has dropped by 71.3% since 2014. That's crazy. That's damn. Cartoon Network viewership has dropped by 79.3% in the same time frame. The, the internet. That's all the internet. Variety has also ranked the top TV networks amongst the 18 through 49 age demographic. Adult Swim ranked at number 20 on the list with 224,000 viewers, seeing a fall of 28%. Warner Media announced a reorganization of its divisions in March 2019 that brought many of its subsidiaries and brands, including Otter Media, Elation, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, and Boomerang into a single global kids and young adults unit. The company announced on April 23rd that it unique united the Adult Swim and HBO Max adult animation development teams and it appointed Susanna Makos in an expanded role as the executive vice president of original comedy and adult animation for both brands. And I remember if I'm not mistaken it was like maybe a couple months ago that they announced that Jason DeMarco was no longer going to be hands-on with like Adult Swim and stuff like that that he was going to develop other projects and he was going on to do different things. This could be the beginning of the end, man. It could be the beginning of the end. Cable TV already as a whole is definitely dying. It's clearly as day. Like, if you've dropped in viewership 71% since 2014, and it's only going to continue to get worse because now everybody is running to the streaming world. All of these companies, we just talked about a story alone in this episode of another company that, you know, they're getting more streaming stuff and whatnot. This is sad, man. It's sad in a way, but it's the inevitable because at the end of the day, everything comes and goes, you know, everything has its beginning and end and cable tv like we all have our our well a lot of us have our memories very fond memories with adult swim um in particular tsunami because obviously if adult swim goes away tsunami goes away i think tsunami should always be around in some form or another even if they decide you know what it's it's over we're done with cable tv we're getting rid of tsunami because next time tsunami leaves it is gone for good especially if jason demarco one of the people that has been the the heart of Toonami, if he's not involved anymore in a lot of things and he's walking away, stepping away from all this stuff, the next time they pull Toonami off the air, it is gone for good. Like, there's no more hoorah return because cable TV is already at a bad, bad point. So, I, I still feel like Toonami in some form or another, whether it be like a, a digital or online thing, whether it be, which it would be real sad if it gets reduced to it, but like a playlist on like, uh, I don't know, Netflix. Oh God, that, that'd be so terrible and such a shame. But like Toonami in some form or another should definitely exist. I don't know what, maybe, oh shit, I just had a night. Let me keep it to myself because these companies, they'll hear this, make a billion dollars and good old Fenev ain't getting nothing. But I just thought of a great idea where Toonami could reside. Either way, it, it might be the end. It might be the end uh, or the beginning of the end at the very least. Again, I, I want to attribute the, the big drop in 2021 to them losing Family Guy. That was a major blow to them. But I don't know. Let me know what you think about this whole situation. Very, very crazy. Cable TV's time is coming to an end. And it's kind of crazy as well because they shitted on the internet so bad and tried everything they possibly could to stop it there. There's a reason why, till this day, people say, like, with content creators online, even as myself, even though I've been doing this job, essentially, my, my career, whatever you want to call it, since 2011, I've been getting paid to do this stuff, they, they'll, they'll still say, 
get a real job. But essentially, the reason that stigma even began was just like how cartoons were, were ridiculed and whatnot because Hollywood was scared that animation could do a lot more with storytelling than they could do with live action. So all of a sudden, oh, kid, cartoons, kids, whatever. And it isn't until like in the last decade that animation is starting to be looked at as more than just, you know, kids shows and whatnot. They do the same thing. Like, oh, the little, you know, the PewDiePie, the little guy, right? When they had him on TV and everything and they were trying to belittle him and whatnot. Like, hey, welcome to the big leagues on TV. Well, welcome to the big leagues of the internet. Yeah. Okay, people, next up, very, very big story. A very, very big juggernaut is very, 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 very <laughs> massive series. Fire Force is about to end. It has already been said multiple times. It's coming to an end. It's in its final climax, yada, yada. Well, according to, uh, from a recent live stream, the creator, Atsushi Okubo, dropped a bombshell on fans. Let's read so you guys know exactly what went down. Fire Force manga ends in a few chapters about two volumes. Manga creator Atsushi Okubo revealed on his Dark Souls livestream on December 31st that his Fire Force manga will end in quote-unquote a few chapters and that he has two chapters left to draw. He also confirms that the manga will end in about two volumes, which would be the 34th volume. The manga entered its final arc in October 2021. Okubo previously hinted in the author commentary of the manga's 23rd compiled book volume back in May 2020, we reported on this, that the manga was in its final stage and that he was planning for Fire Force to be his final manga. In case you don't know, again, Atsushi Okubo, he was the author of Soul Eater as well. So yeah, he got two chapters left to draw and it's going to end in roughly two volumes which means that yeah he's pretty much damn near done and i wouldn't be surprised because like if, if an author comes out right and says like yeah this is going to be my last work this means that he don't want to draw manga no more and i don't blame him like i never will blame an author for not wanting it's a shitty situation especially if you're like in the midst of what happened and, and what still is happening with hunter hunter where it's like yo we still a long ways off but if atsushi okubo he's like okay i got my ending plan i got two chapters left to go I'm about to wrap it up i've been telling you guys for a couple of years now i'm done i'm over it and if he don't want to draw no more, then I respect it. It's sad because I'm sure a lot of Fire Force fans are going to be very upset and disappointed with like, damn, yo, it's about to end. But yeah, within two volumes, which, you know, two volumes, a volume usually has what? Like anywhere from seven to ten, not even ten, usually like seven to nine chapters. So probably, let's just say... We'll do 16. Let's say 4, 8, 12, 16. So in about four months max, um, Fire Force will be over. So you think, so about like May-ish, Fire Force manga will be over at the latest. And yeah, it's been a long ride. I'm, I'm wondering, are they going to do another season of the anime? Because that was something that was really big. Like, I feel like a lot of people really love the Fire Force anime. Like, they definitely should at the very least do a wrap-up season because you can't just leave fans. I hate when anime do that shit. Like, they start adapting a story and then they just leave you like, yes, and Shinra was about to go read the manga <laughs> but yeah people fire forest author about to draw the last two chapters it's ending in about two volumes so expect by may the latest it'll be over with and yeah it's been warned for a while though like this is something he said he's he's in the the, the climax and yeah, the climax is about to happen. And yeah, people, those are all the stories we have for today's episode. I'm curious what you guys think. Most important story, most impactful story, things that I did not cover that you like. Yo, Fenev, you need to cover more of this in Fenever News, whether it be in geek, nerd culture, Batman. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I could cover that. I'm just waiting for you guys to let me know y'all want to hear me talk about it. And I'll, I'll talk about it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, uh, and, and yeah, over thoughts of everything we covered in this episode. That's all I have for this one. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. If you liked anything I had to say or enjoyed, 
enjoyed the video, drop me a like. I'd greatly appreciate it. And if you want more from me, make sure to subscribe. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram. Hit that bell to get all notifications. And if you want to follow any of my other social media, links are in the description below. I'm from Neverworld. And as always, people, have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule. Anime and manga. Oh, life, boy. Have an awesome day. Peace in. And you guys just watched another episode of... Have an awesome day.